Welcome to the Elite Foundations podcast, how to build an elite foundation physically and mentally to win at life. No theory, just real world results. Your hosts are Dr. Emil, ex-emergency doctor, entrepreneur, and health coach, and myself, Edomar, ex-Israeli special forces, jiu-jitsu black belt, and mindset expert. Welcome to today's episode, guys. So today, we're going to be talking about another one of those things that if you just do this, it can mess everything up. And we're going to be talking about adaptability. Now, before we hopped on the pod, I was talking about this with Emil, and we recognized that it would be very, very powerful if beyond me sharing a case study, he also gave his perspective of where he sees this issue arise in health and also productivity in general, as far as the people he works with. So Emil, first off, anything else you got to say at the opening before we get started? Yeah, so these topics which we're covering at the moment, which where, where we go over reasons people fail is super important and even more important perhaps than how to succeed or why people succeeded. Because often these are small blocks and once you shine a light on them, once you become aware of them and remove them, you can get to the next level super, super quick. So just approach this kind of thing with humility and assume that this is present, which will then allow you to get to the next level. Yeah. Great point. So guys, like we talked about in the previous episode, where we outlined this stuff. There's the hierarchy of performance, right? At the bottom, you have a skill set. And then you have to have on top of that, the character traits to enable you to exhibit that skill set. So here's the thing. Even if you have an amazing skill set, even if you take ownership of your faults, but you're not adaptable and you don't change the way you're doing things, even when you hit a brick wall, you're going to suffer. It is that simple. Now, the person we're going to talk about today, let's call him John. Okay, so he was a client I worked with, again, very, very early on before I knew how to spot these things. And he was very much stuck in his ways. He was a very intelligent guy. He had seen a lot of success earlier on in his life, but he was not willing to go beyond that and evolve. He wasn't willing to say, you know what? Now my situation is different, so I need to be different in order to keep succeeding. And because of that, his business has been lagging. He's been falling behind and he's just, he's tremendously underperforming his potential. And honestly, it's because he's stubborn. He's not willing to adapt to what the reality of today is and who he needs to be today in order to succeed. And it's just causing him a lot of pain, which honestly, like it's a shame because he's very, very capable and he shouldn't be at this position. But just like Emil said, it's that one thing that if he was willing to, to accept and acknowledge and live up to, it could change a lot can make all the difference. And again, just to clarify with, with these episodes, this isn't about attacking people or attacking, uh, you know, it's not attacking you if you're feeling defensive. This is about attacking the trait and empowering you to become aware of it, to then remove it. So take this in a super positive, super excited, curious ways like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I have that trait. If I can now remove it, I can get to the next level so easily. Yeah, it's like, I when you were in the arena, I always had at the like end of each program, basically a slide that says, you have two options how to react to this when we learn something new. I was like, Emil's laughing, but it was always the same slide. You can either get frustrated and say, oh my God, why didn't I know this? Or oh, this sucks. Or two, like, wow, I'm already successful. So if I also embody this now, what's the limit on me now? Where can I go? So yeah. please choose option number two for this episode. And in right, life. So, and in life. <laughs> so... Here's the thing. I think most people get stuck with their past and they're not able to adapt because of fear and a fear of not feeling as good about themselves. Because here's the reality. 
every time you adapt, you want to go up a level, you kind of have to take a dip. You can't just go, it's not linear, you just go straight up. You usually have to give something up in order to get something new. You have to give up who you are for who you need to become. And that's a very difficult thing for a lot of people to accept. So for example, Emil, I'm sure when you gave up medicine to go into entrepreneurship, you took a dip in your salary and also status. Instead of just being an ER doctor, you were like a beginning entrepreneur. Same thing for me. When I went out of the world of counterterrorism into entrepreneurship, I had to give up a six-figure salary for basically nothing. And also a lot of the sense of pride and you know accomplishment and like who I am and status and all that that comes along with it. And I think that's really the big first thing that people got to accept. You have to be always willing to give that up. Give up who you are right now for who you need to become. If you're not willing to do that, the rest of what we're going to talk about is just irrelevant. And on this note, the biggest thing stopping you giving up who you are or whatever it is in the previous role is, is ego. You know, you have this attachment to the salary, to the status, to whatever else. But if you can uh, put that to one side and accept that this is a part of growth, then you will grow much more rapidly. So to use my example super quickly, when I quit medicine, I reduced my outgoings to a minimum because I expected my salary to drop. I kind of braced myself. I accepted that that was a possibility. And I was like, this is the only option. I'm going to I'm gonna do it. So I, I did it and actually nothing bad even happened. But the fact is I ex- accepted it. I expected it. I prepared for it. I knew it was the path I wanted to go down and life and, and, and I grew and I grew like hell. So, and and then just the other part to that is the other thing that you have to potentially let go of is your previous identity. And this is perhaps a a totally different episode, but it's a huge part of this game. Yeah, but that's actually what I was going to say. I was waiting for you to finish because you said about status and salary, but also on an internal level, you have to give up your previous identity and self of, let's say, accomplishment that you feel about yourself and and how good you basically feel about yourself. You have to accept that like you're going to take a dip on both just like the external things as far as your status and your salary and also internally honestly how you feel about yourself it feels really good to be doing something that you've known for a lot of years and to be good at it it doesn't feel nice to be doing something that you're brand new at you keep making mistakes at even though you know it's going to serve you so it doesn't feel nice in that moment and if you're not going to make peace with that and accept and expect that's going to be part of the deal like you're going to stay stuck and this is especially dangerous with people i see that are a bit older, let's say in the mid thirties, late forties, that kind of vibe, that kind of range where they've done something really good at their earlier life because they want to hang on to that. They're not willing to let go of that memory of who they were and how they felt to say, you know what? I need to start anew because this isn't working. Those are the people that I feel are most at risk for this. This is white belt mentality, right? Just always be a beginner. Always assume that you know nothing, you are nobody, and you can improve and grow. And I find that helps me a lot. It does. Though I forget it. it. Though I forget it. You forget it because it's not a natural thing. If it was a natural thing, there wouldn't be a term for it to be a beginner's mind, mind white belt mentality. These are things that we need to remind ourselves that. And again, this is why I'm saying a lot of this stuff is a choice. It's not like you just inherently have this lack of adaptability genetic trait. Like we all like comfort. We all like feeling what we know is what it is and just being stuck at that level. That's a natural pull that we all have. But this is something that you can choose to adopt a white belt mentality, to adopt that beginner's mind and to go with it, regardless if, again, it's not going to feel nice at first. Like being a white belt in jujitsu, it sucks. 
And that's something people don't get. It doesn't feel nice. Being a white belt, you're getting people smashing you all the time, putting their knee, their knee on your neck. It doesn't feel nice, but it's where the most amount of growth happens because you put yourself in a position to learn. I think that's also a big part of the white belt mentality. It's not just, oh, this is fluff. This is nice to say. Being a white belt isn't fun. Part of it, there's going to be sacrifice, but it will get you where you want to get to. And the overall macro grand scheme of things, it's a lot of fun because it allows you to have the life that you want. So in the case of John, then, he did not exhibit adaptability. So what, what happened in his circumstance and how, did, how would you go about overcoming that? So Obviously, in difficult. his case, it didn't happen, but exactly. for, so, for other people. And the way what you asked me is how I would go about overcoming that. Essentially, yeah. Yeah, so you asked me, like me as his coach. I wasn't able to, honestly. This is one of those things where it has to come from within. You can guide a horse to water, so to speak, but you can't make it drink. And you can explain to someone how much this isn't serving them, but they have to decide, you know what? I'm willing to try to change. I recognize that you said this as well, that I just have to recognize that this isn't working. Something here isn't working. Come to that realization. And no matter how much you can clearly paint that picture for somebody and for them to actually own it and say it, they still have to make a little bit of a jump and say, all right, there's going to be a gap here and I'm okay with it because I recognize this is necessary. And the danger with these things about adaptability, a lot of times people are stuck in that good enough spot. Like we had Scott on the podcast a couple of times ago, a couple of episodes ago, he was exactly in that spot. He didn't want to adapt for almost a decade living in Bangkok. And it wasn't that he was just stuck. He kept going down because that's how life is. If you don't adapt, it's like the, the strongest doesn't survive. It's he who adapts the most. And it's that kind of thing. You keep going down. But eventually Scott had the impetus. Like I was able to help him. He was also able to help himself a lot more and he was able to make the jump, but it has to come from within. And that's really like, it's the good news and it's the bad news. So, you know, one step is being aware. And then the next step is taking action. And usually the action is kind of obvious. And it's usually the thing that you fear doing the most. Would that be accurate? Can I oversimplify it? Please. So I was at a, an entrepreneur's event the other week. And somebody asked me about this one person who's not doing much with their life anymore. And he's just kind of stuck and he's always making excuses. And they're like, okay, how does he like climb up your, your hierarchy thing that you talked to us about? And I was like, he has to decide. And they're like, well, how does he do that? He makes a decision. And okay. But like, what does that mean? That means he needs to decide that he wants to do this to stop looking for someone to save him for stop looking for to make an excuse or for this. You have to decide. It is sometimes that simple. And like, this is one of those things we have to decide, like, this is not working. You have to, like, you have to acknowledge one, you have to acknowledge reality, recognize that what you're doing right now isn't working. And then two, you got to decide if you want to do something about it. What's more important to you, your success and the way you can lead your family and the rest of the people around you towards a better place in life, or that feeling of like, oh, well, this is secure. I know what it is, even though, you know, it's not going to serve you well. You have to decide. So like, I I hate to oversimplify it like that, but that's what it is. No, no, that's, that's brutal and perfect simplicity because you can't force someone to change. If someone doesn't want to, if they have not made that decision and do not want to, there's nothing more you can do. You just have to let them go on their own process, on their own journey. And then when they are ready, they will represent. They'll come up and say, Hey, okay, 
I've made the decision and then things start to change. And if not as painful and as frustrating it is for us, especially when it's a friend or loved one or whatever, actually even then trying to help them change and force them to change when they don't want to, will push them away. So it, yeah. you need to let them do their journey. It's like, there's that saying that the only way true understanding will only come from self-realization. I think Aristotle said it. And that's the best as you can do if you want to help someone out. And that's what I try to do with John. I tried to help him understand that things aren't working for him. And he agreed to that. And I also tried to paint a clear picture of him about how things could be different. And he agreed to that. But he would always just not want to do the work. He always relied. Uh, he always found figured there was something that else that was causing him to, to not succeed. It wasn't the fact that he wasn't doing the right things in his business. It was he had this health issue or he had that issue. He wasn't just willing to say, like, I need to change the way I'm doing things. He was always like how you said in the previous episode, he was trying to look for an external excuse somehow. And he wasn't just one to say, I need to adapt. The situation is not going to change. I need to adapt. Mm. So, so the ultimately, he wasn't taking the actions that he needed to take. He wasn't making that decision. He wasn't making that decision. Long before the actions, he wasn't making the decision. There's going to be no yeah. action without the decision. He just needed to accept the reality that he needs to change. And yeah. I think that's something that we all struggle with at times. Again, like he did it on a macro level. We just hasn't been willing to change for years. But we all do it on a micro level as well, where we see a situation and try to bullheadedly keep doing it, even though we know we're going to get the same result. But we don't want to change. Only after it's painful enough or it's frustrating enough or whatever it may be, we change. Mm. Like for me, for example, like you just basically got on me to finally hire an executive assistant, even though I knew I should have been doing this earlier. But it finally got honestly like annoying enough that I don't want to do all these things in my business that I adopted. Like that took me way longer than it should have. And we all have this like this adaptation issue, but we got to decide like how fast can we act on it? Because the faster we adapt, the better we evolve and the better results we see and also the more happiness we have. And like with John, again, it lasted for years. But if you can figure out where do I need to adapt and dwindle it down into hours or days or months like I did, you'll still be better off. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, my example of, of that kind of micro adaptive adaptability issue would be you know trying to orchestrate perfect deep work and you've spoken about this a lot before yeah it's it's again like adaptability is these optimizations become dependencies yeah like deep work or having the perfect morning routine or the perfect nutrition routine like you talk about yeah. it becomes it becomes a dependency and dependencies aren't good they don't serve you so, so the perfect example in fitness is when people come to me and they have this hugely complex supplementation, biohacking health routine, and they're not hitting their goals. And I'm like, right, well, this isn't working clearly. So you need to change your approach. Now, if I may, and, and they often don't let me, not often, if they're unadaptable, they won't let me go in. And I'm just like, well, I can't help you because I'm saying that you're, you're messing around with things which aren't important and you need to start focusing on these things instead. So, so you said something, I'm sorry to interrupt, but you said something really, really important there. You said they won't let me in. They're yeah. just looking for something in their environment to hopefully change so they can stay the same and get the result they want. And that's exactly the problem. Instead of that, they should be saying, okay, the environment's not going to change because their environment is reality. So how can I change? How can I adapt? Because if one of these variables isn't going to change, something else has to change in order to get the result that I want that's different than what I have right now. And I think that's the big thing. It's like stop looking at your environment to change. Accept and like really desire to change yourself. Because once you do that, man, the speed that you can go is amazing. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, I talk about little flags which say, look here, if you have been doing something for a while that hasn't been working or you're not achieving the results that you want, then this is a flag which says, look here, perhaps you need to change. And I find in these situations, trying to make tiny incremental changes often doesn't work. You need to really, it needs to be a paradigm shift. You need to reapproach how you look at things. The longer you've been doing the same thing and it's not been working, the probably the more radical the change needs to be. And if you do, for example, go to a coach, you know, like myself or whatever, to try and facilitate this, then you need to let us in. You need to let us do what we do. And that might be uncomfortable and that might be hard. But look, what you've been doing hasn't been working. Yeah. Uh, I would say, sorry, go ahead. Go on. No, 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 you go, you go. I was going to say as a default, just say when something isn't working, what do I need to change? If you just have that always as your mental default. When something isn't working, instead of saying, oh, this is frustrating or I don't get this, it's like, okay, how do I need to change in order to make this work? Yeah. What do I need to change about my approach? The moment you adopt that mentality, that's what it's all about. Because as a white belt, you have no ego. You know you, should, you, know you suck. You know you yeah, don't understand yeah. things. Like in white belt in jiu-jitsu, he's never going to be around, going around coaching other people. When he gets yeah. you know, submitted or swept or whatever it may be, he'll ask people, what happened? What do I need to change? Seriously. But that's the thing no, that's no. very freeing. What's I, I, I'm laughing because this is what happens on social media, right? Is people are white belts. They have this hugely complex program and plan and whatever else. They're not achieving the results, yet they are trying to coach people. Yet they are trying to give advice and stuff because they've read whatever or they've watched the Joe Rogan podcast and they're trying to convey their armchair scientist wisdom. And I'm like, look, you haven't achieved the goal just because you've got this program and you've listened to a few podcasts. Look, achieve the results and then we can talk. And actually, if you can't, then maybe you're doing something wrong. So that's why I'm laughing because white belts do try and teach and it kills me. So can I say something very like different? Yeah. So an interesting thing I see in jujitsu, like people always know that there's white belt, blue belt, purple, brown, and black. It usually takes about a decade to get to black belt. It's not like some of the martial arts where two years, you're a junior black belt, happy days. And what happens a lot in jujitsu is that there's an issue with blue belts. It's a second belt. Usually get it after about a year and a half. So you already know some stuff. You know more than most people on the street or most people that come into the academy, but you don't really know anything yet. And what happens there is all of a sudden people's egos flare because they think that they should know. And all of a sudden when a visitor comes in that they don't know, they don't really establish the hierarchy and they get smashed, they get really upset because their ego is fragile. And I think this is similar. Like they've seen a certain amount of success and now they struggle to adopt that white belt mentality. And this yeah. is what I'm talking about with John. He had seen a, a certain amount of success and that stopped him from really going over with adopting that mentality and really being able to say, you know what? I need to restart. I need to start over again. Yeah. The ones you see, like, I think the reason I succeeded fairly quickly in jujitsu was because as a white belt, as a blue belt, as a purple belt, brown belt, and still as a black belt, I ask people, how can I do better? I'll, as a black belt, I'll roll with a brown belt or a purple belt. I'll smash them. And at the end of the roll, I'll say, hey, man, what do you think I could have done better here? Yeah. And, and just having that mentality can serve you such a long way. I'm not trying to yeah. say my jiu-jitsu is perfect. Like, how can I improve? How can I adapt? Yeah. I mean, that phenomenon actually has a name. It's called the Dunning-Kruger effect. And just Google it so you can see the graph. But when you gain a little bit of knowledge, your confidence skyrockets and the graph goes up to a peak. We call this peak Mount Stupid. <laughs> and, 
as you then continue to learn and progress through the belt, the peak drops into the valley of despair where you're like, oh my God, there's so much to learn. I'm a total idiot. And then as you reach black belt status, it starts to rise again. And you're like, okay, this is okay. I'm kind of an expert. After 10 years, you're like, okay, I kind of, I figured this out. And it's interesting. Sorry, Brad. And I was just going to sort of say, when you are these higher belts, that's when the white belt mentality comes to itself. Like you're saying, you're asking the brown belts and the purple belts how to how to achieve more. Like I've been in this game 15 years. I literally had a chat with another nutrition coach who I'm going to hire for myself because there's more to learn. I'm like, this is this will be the third nutrition coach I've worked with. I'm just like, I want to find out more. I want to learn more. What else can I learn? So um, I want to say like why this is so interesting because it's easy for us to do that. It is easy for me as someone, especially like let's say in jujitsu, where there's a very clear markation of a black belt that I'm an expert to not need to have an ego. So I can ask these questions. What's very difficult is somebody who's at the, just recognizing that they're at the peak of Mount stupid and they're stuck to climb off of it. That's yeah. what's really difficult. And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck again on a macro level or on a micro level. They've gotten good at something. It kind of works and they just want to keep trying to do the same thing instead of adapting. It's like, it's really easy to do that. Honestly, I do think it's easy for me to ask questions. It's much easier for my ego to do that at black belt yeah, yeah. than it was at blue belt. Because at blue belt, I was still trying to yeah, prove myself right. to, to others and to myself. Yeah. And I think this is what happened with John. Like he had already seen that success, but he wasn't successful now. So it was more difficult for him to say, you know what, I'm going to own up to this and I'm going to move forward. I mean, I think exactly that. You've, you've totally nailed it. And I think that the Dunning-Kruger effect, honestly, guys, Google it hits this perfectly it's people who are at the peak who are the ones who struggle with the adaptability because there's a lot of ego there and then once you can bypass that it's terrifying because you're suddenly into this area of the unknown despair but you will eventually come out the other side and it just gets better the ego yes. dissolves that kind of thing um i mean any closing comments no again just ask yourself again where are you not displaying adaptability on a micro level where are you being, what's the one thing right now that you're being stubborn about that you're yeah. hoping if you do the same thing, somehow something's going to end up yeah. being different, even though you know it won't be. What can you do about it? How can you change yourself? And on top of that, the ego thing, you know, I do want to say one more big thing here. The ego thing is a problem if you're looking at yourself as someone who's supposed to be quote unquote successful, because then if you take that dip in order to go to the next level, something's off kilter. But if you decide to take pride in being the kind of person who wants to learn and who wants to grow, in a weird way, you can really take pride in doing that dip because you're like, oh, I know most people won't do this, but I'm one of those people who's willing to have that. And I like that about myself. So, all right, let's go. And if you adopt that kind of framework as to how you want to think about yourself and that self-identity, it really makes this a lot easier. Yeah. And it's almost easy to be... What was I going to say? It's easy to be adaptable when you, when you don't know. Actually, I don't know what I was going to say. Let's wrap up this episode. I'm just going to waffle. Uh, what Emilia is saying, it's easier to be adaptable when you take pride in being a kind of adaptive person. If you take yes. pride in being just a successful person, if you need to adapt, you're going to figure out, okay, something's wrong here. Why do I need to adapt if I'm a successful person already? And that's going to cause a struggle. If you just say to yourself that one of your key values in life is adaptability, you'll be prepared when things need to change to say, okay, this is the kind of person I am. Let me do this thing. Well said. Perfect. 
Nailed it. Perfect way to wrap it up. So on the next episode, I'm going to be talking about perfectionism and why it's not serving you. Thank you for listening and catch you next time. See you next time, guys.